So in the second day of our practice together, second full day of practice, we're going to somewhat expand the field of awareness, the field of what we include in our attention from just the narrow focus on breath to including the whole range of bodily, physical experience. Not that that wasn't happening yesterday, <laughs> right? You're plenty aware of bodily, physical experience, but we weren't preferencing it with our attention for the most part unless it demanded it, like pain, for instance. So today, we're going to take that steady focus that we were cultivating to breath and not losing that focus, but just widening the lens from breath to the whole of body. And I'll guide us in the meditation in a few minutes about that, but first I just want to give a little more um, uh, background to that. So this is um, an important really essential piece of uh, mindfulness practice, Vipassana practice, which is developing an embodied awareness, an embodied presence. This is an in-the-body practice. And the more that we learn to be aware of, feel, inhabit, uh, felt physical experience, the more uh, this practice will come alive with um, both grounding and insight. This is from the Buddha. He said, there's one thing that when regularly cultivated and practiced leads to deep spiritual intention, to peace, to mindfulness and clear comprehension, to vision and knowledge, to a happy life here and now, and to the culmination of wisdom and awakening. And what is that one thing? It is mindfulness centered on the body. That's a lot of promises right there. When regularly practiced leads to clear comprehension, which is which is one of the fruits of mindfulness, satisampajanya, clear comprehension, knowing of our experience as it is. Leads to vision, to knowledge, to a happy life here and now, to wisdom, to freedom, awakening. And that may seem slightly mysterious. How does paying attention to my body and its aches and pains, (laughs) how is that going to bring me happiness and peace? So we'll explore that. So just as our attending to breath yesterday, as for many of you who've practiced for a while, that very simple foundational practice can be a refuge in moments of scatteredness, of distress, of stress, of challenge. We can find some groundedness, some anchor, some tether to the present in the midst of, what can be difficult, challenging life circumstances, right? So in the same way, our body, even more so, is a support for that grounded presence. And also, um, when you read the, the, the ancient Buddhist text, the Buddha talked a lot about the, the value of the body as a vehicle for insight. He said, everything you want to know can be learned here in this fathom-long body. Fathom-long is about six feet. 
Everything we can know about life can be understood here in our own experience. So that behooves that we pay attention to see, well, what does he mean by that? What does he mean I can understand everything about life in this body? This is from Achan Man, great Thai meditation master, very fierce. He wrote, in your investigation of the world, never allow the mind to leave the body. Never allow the mind, the awareness to leave the body. Examine its nature. See the elements that comprise it. See its uncertain and reliable, challenging, selfless nature of the body while sitting, walking, standing, or lying down. When its true nature is seen fully and lucidly by the heart, the wonders of the world will become clear. In this way, the purity of your mind can shine forth timeless and delivered. So a lot of insight, a lot of understanding is to be had here in what we're experiencing, in our relationship to it, in how it impacts our mind and our heart and our emotions and our reactions and our perceptions and our experience of life. And just look at your experience yesterday, meditating, right? A lot of it was working with the body, its energy, its discomforts, its pain, its expansiveness, its contraction, its sensory connection with life, right? The, the, door, the body is the doorway, is the portal to our experience of the world. And so on the retreat, we get this really very luxurious uh, time to um, inhabit uh, embodied experience and to get to understand that. So let's sit together and we'll explore some of that. So beginning by turning the gaze inwards, bringing your awareness to the simple experience of sitting, aware of your posture, both grounded, relaxed, upright. I'm taking a moment to really feel into what's the quality of this experience. Sitting, unaware of sitting. How do you feel? How do you sense? How do you know your body? So letting go of the image of the body, the shape, the idea. What's the direct experience? that contact with the ground, touching sit bones, knees, feet, legs, hands, touching 
the sense, the feeling quality of the torso. Inviting the body into a relaxed presence. So noticing if you're holding in your jaw, your eyes, your face, your belly. What's the quality of the body this morning? How does the body feel? Tired? Relaxed, open, contracted, spacious, warm, cold. So different layers to the physical experience, the physical layer of just being aware of the posture, shape of the body. We have the more internal, energetic quality, how the body feels moment to moment. Noticing what pulls your attention in your body. Is it the areas of lightness and spaciousness? Areas that are pleasant, warm, soft, open. Or is what draws the attention that which is unpleasant, discomfort, aches, pains, pressure, heat, burning, tightness, contraction. Notice how sensations are moving rapidly, pleasant, unpleasant, sometimes neutral. Mindfulness of body, sitting and aware of sitting. Bodyfulness. Notice when the attention wanders into thoughts, memories, plans. The more that we inhabit our body, feel and sense, bring our gravitational pull to the body, the less we're pulled to the mind and our thoughts. So you may be sitting with an overall general sense of the body. Or you may be drawn moment by moment to different places, touch, contact, pressure, ease, contraction, lightness. Body is a field of sensation.
of course, as part of that bodily awareness, we also notice the sensations of breath. So it's not that we're dispensing with attending to breath today. That can still be your primary anchor. Still be attending to the breath as a support for continuity of attention. So feeling and sensing the breath in the context of the awareness of the body in general. And when there's no particular physical sensation that's pulling the attention, then we can reside with the breath. We can allow that steadiness that we've been developing the last couple of days to be a support. But not as exclusively as yesterday. Really want to include other physical phenomena. Sitting and aware of sitting, breathing and aware of breathing. we'll continue to notice many other phenomena, in particular the other primary sense that we'll be operating is hearing, sounds. And we can include hearing as part of our practice. <coughs> sounds arise and are known. Birdsong, wind, traffic, sounds appear, and without even trying is simply awareness of it. Be present to the sound. Notice how it comes and goes. Refrain from getting lost in thinking about it. And then resume that awareness of body. Awareness of breath.
Where is the attention in this moment? Notice if you've left the body, where did you go? Without judgment, being curious where the attention wanders when not here in this physical experience of sitting, sensing, breathing. As we attune to the experience of body, noticing what we call the affective or feeling tone quality, that in each moment we experience, we notice experience has a pleasant or an unpleasant or neutral quality. We can feel that in the body sometimes, when there's physical pain or discomfort. See if you can notice the unpleasant quality, the unpleasant tone, the unpleasant sensation. In particular, noticing the attitude or response to that. When it's unpleasant, there's usually reaction, contraction, fear, hatred, avoidance. It's noticing what's happening and the relationship to. When the feeling tone is pleasant, we want to usually hold on, we want it to stay, we grab, we get attached. We long for. So notice that movement towards trying to create certain pleasurable experience. And if our experience is neutral, we tend to not notice it. We space out. Like with the breath. So as you sit from time to time, notice this quality, pleasantness, unpleasantness, neither pleasant nor unpleasant, and any reaction to them. Pleasant is like this, wanting is like this, unpleasant is like this, resistance or aversion feels like this. particular experience fades, we can always come back to our base, to our anchor of breathing, general body awareness, sitting.
at times you can consciously turn your attention to different parts of the body, explore the sensations there. For example, noticing the sensations in the head, in the face, or the arms and the hands. Torso, the back, the front of the body. All the legs, feet. Nothing strong is calling the attention in the body, residing in awareness of breath.
these next few minutes, I want to invite you to explore an area of sensation that's unpleasant, difficult, painful, uncomfortable. And pain is part of the physical process of being in the body. We want to learn how to have a skillful relationship to it. So find an area in the body that has some intensity, some pressure, some heat, some discomfort or pain. And bring your awareness to it. Suffuse your awareness, permeate it around it, periphery, center, bringing a curious, kind attention. Sensation is like this, discomfort is like this, what I call pain or ache is like this. So holding it with a kind attention, noticing any resistance or reaction to the unpleasantness, contracting the muscles around it, tightening of the heart. Is it possible to soften around this area of discomfort, to surrender into it? Noticing the unpleasant feeling tone. Unpleasant is like this. And noticing whether you can hold it with a spacious awareness or whether there's reactivity. And can you hold that reactivity if it's there in awareness? Contraction is like this, aversion like this. Not wanting is like this. Noticing how what we call pain is made up of a myriad changing sensations, moving, shifting. If the pain is too strong, shift your attention to somewhere neutral. I'll play with going from something neutral like the breath or sounds or the hands or the feet back to the air of difficulty. So you find some space, some ease with it. you can continue with that or come back to the breath or general awareness of body for the last couple of minutes of the sitting.
as you hear the sound of the bell to end the meditation, simply be aware of hearing. And as you begin to move and stretch, staying in mindful awareness as you move, as you open your eyes, continuity of attention. So this learning to work with the body is fundamental since here we are, (laughs) we're sitting in it, with it. And, you know, oftentimes the body is not so easy place to hang out. Physical pain, we often have waves of emotional pain, comes through the body, sadness in the heart, fear and anxiety in the belly and solar plexus, anger perhaps in the throat, so the body is a storehouse for physical pain, also for emotional pain, memories. So many reasons why it's not so easy, which is why we have a habit of thinking and being in our heads and not in our bodies. But the more we learn to rest in a loving awareness, we can hold all of that. We can understand its changing nature and have some spaciousness with it. So... It might not, doesn't get rid of what's here, but we can actually find ease in the midst of it. And those of you who've sat for a while know that as we, we build a certain resiliency when we sit in meditation, in stillness, in the fire with whatever our body is doing, not out of masochism, but out of knowing that we can find ease in the midst of difficulty, which of course is a great metaphor and teaching for life. And then when we take this mm, embodied presence as we stand, as we walk, as we eat, as we exercise, as we bathe, as we rest. So really want to invite an embodied presence today. Whatever you're doing, working, walking, uh, anything, can you be in your body? Shifting out of thinking, planning, whatever, worrying, spacing out, to what's it like to be walking, moving, seeing, being in your senses, hearing, smelling, touching. Right? When you go through the door, can you touch, the, can you feel the temperature of the door handle? All that. See how much cooler the glass is. When you put your shoes on, can you feel the texture of the shoes? Or you walk barefoot outside and you feel the warmth of the paving slabs or the coolness of the ones in the shade. Right? Can we bring a more visceral awareness to really hear, hear. The Buddha said, the yogi acts clearly knowing when eating, drinking, clearly knowing is a metaphor for mindfulness, acts clearly knowing when eating, drinking, and tasting, acts clearly knowing when defecating and urinating, clearly knowing when walking, standing, sitting, falling asleep, waking up, talking, and keeping silent. Kind of covers the bases. Even the bathroom as one uh, graffiti artist in a retreat I was on in India wrote, pee here now. <laughs> as a, another one was the, the, the best place to let go. <laughs> <laughs> so,
So inhabiting our bodies, whatever we're doing, there's no, in, in mindfulness, there's no breaks. We're just present or we're not present. And we feel the fruits of that when we are present. So any questions this morning about your practice, about sitting, walking, embodiment, anything from the talk, but particularly about your practice and the, the sitting and the walking and the instructions. Questions? Challenges? Yes? Um, I have a question. We talked about um, curiosity as part of mindfulness yesterday when we were defining it. And mm-hmm. For me, I guess um, it would help to have a picture of what that might look like. Because for me, curiosity always leads to thought and sort of that distraction. So it's like, is that a bluebird? Right. Why is that Jay? Yeah. So, so feel your left foot, and not with your hands. <laughs> now you can use your hands; it's the perfectly feeling mechanism. Feel your left foot. Everybody can do this, right? Okay. So, getting curious about your left foot means okay, explore that experience. Not with your hand. Not with thinking about oh, I got five toes, and right? what does that feel like? Okay. Is is, um, is is your foot? You know, what's the temperature like? What's the sensations? Where are you? T- where's the foot touching the ground? Where's the ease? Where's there's tightness? Right? Where's the areas of no sensation? Um, what's the general sense of the foot like? Is it spacious? Is it tight? Right? So there's just so it's like a it's like a um, the, the problem with language. I was going to say it's, it's like a questioning attitude, but of course, question we think thought. Right? Curious we think thought. Investigation we think thought. Right, so it's a bit like um, you know, it's like we do this exercise in nature retreats where you, you you close your eyes and you explore a tree with your hands. Right, right? that's and, you, and you're being a curious attention. Right, the hands are, are touching and feeling the crevices and nooks, and it's that kind of attention. Right, so it's an embodied. It's it's you're bringing a closer attention is what the curiosity is. Yeah. So when you have this wave of something in your heart and it feels heavy, the curiosity is like, oh, what is that? And you, and you feel into it, not analytically, but you say, oh. And it, you know, of course thoughts may come like, oh, it feels like sadness. And then you stay with it and you say, oh, it's so heavy. And oh, actually it's more like melancholy. Oh, melancholy. And you feel melancholy. Oh, melancholy. Hmm, that's interesting. So there's an openness and, 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 a, and, a th- and a thought or an image or a memory might arise. Oh, right, I just remembered my uncle who passed away and there's a sadness here. Oh, yeah. So it's more that. It's just, it's the, the phrase in, in the Korean tradition, um, the, the, the one tradition is a phrase called, what is this? What is this? So you just, what is this? Without, but not going to thought, going to, what's my direct experience? Yes. Yeah, What lasts the, the shortness? Uh huh. Uh 
Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Well, you're working with it beautifully. I mean, the way you talked about being with it, holding it with kindness and putting your hand there. And so you could just continue doing that. That would be totally fine. And if you feel like the, the ideally the, 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 the anchor is neutral. So if that tight breath is, you know, causing anxiety and you need to breathe, I'm worried about not breathing enough. Like if that, if that's causing a lot of stuff, then you might want to shift to something more neutral, like, like today, just being aware of the whole body, or aware of sounds, but there's not that many sounds, so probably the whole body. And then, or feel the whole body, and at the same time be aware of the breath. So you're not quite on the, sometimes we get a little like too over the breath, like into the breath, so it's a little, so it's a little tight. But if you just sort of feel your whole body, so you like maybe feel your periphery, your arms, legs, and you notice the breath is happening within that, but it's not all about the breath, then sometimes the breath, it is a bit, it's a bit like there's room for it to breathe. So you can kind of go back and forwards. Like if it gets too, too anxiety, too much like, oh, I can't breathe enough, then shift away, let it come back to its rhythm. And then so it's almost like peeking out of the corner of your eye. So you're peeking at it from the corner of your eye. So you're mostly with broader awareness and you just, oh, yeah, the breath's happening. But not so much pressure that it gets short again. Yeah. So, yeah, play with that. Okay. Yes, Mark. Can you talk about the, the process of the act of naming? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, can you say a little bit more about why the question comes or just, just want me to talk about it in general? Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, again, you know, thought is, pretty much everything in our experience is neutral depending what we do with it. So thought can be helpful, not helpful, or neither, right? So mostly we're lost in thought. We, 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 we're obsessed with thought. We're somewhat addicted to thought. And we can also use thought in a really skillful way. We can ask a question, what is this, for example? Or we can notice start noticing the tendencies of our thinking, right? Do I, so when you get distracted, notice, do I lean to the past? Am I lost in reminiscing, rehashing memories, caught in, you know, just going over memory, you know, past vacations or conversations with people, pleasant or unpleasant? Or am I more oriented to the future? So we can just, we can, so with thinking, we're shifting from content the story to the process. Oh, there I am, reminiscing, daydreaming, planning, rehearsing, regretting, judging, more present time. So the more we can use, the more we can identify the process of thought, the kind of thought, the easier it is to unhook. If we start seeing every other thought is a planning thought, we're planning our next we're planning our walking meditation, where we're going to go. Then I'm going to get my shoes, and I'll get my coat on, and then I'll go to the bathroom, and I'll do the bathroom after, and I'll get the tea. And then it's like, we don't need to do that, people. <laughs> just get up and figure it out. <laughs> oh, and so we just go, oh, planning, planning, let it go. Planning, planning, right? Or we, we do rehearsing, like we're, we're telling, we're so busy preparing 
what we're going to tell our friends back home about what was happening in this meditation. <laughs> they were not meditating. <laughs> we're just like, yeah, it was great. And then I did this, and then there's a bird song, and then it's like, you know, because we, we know none of that ever happens. We never actually get to do any of that. We'll do some different version of it, right? So it's a complete waste of time. So the naming is super helpful to just, uh, yeah, planning, rehearsing, oh, judging, oh, more judging. Now I'm judging, I'm judging, okay. So it helps to the recognition, in that, that thing I use, recognize. The recognition helps, oh, let it go. That's not what we're doing here. We're, we're practicing breath, body. Recognize, release the thought, release our interest in it, return to body, breath. Yes, of course. That's why we go. <laughs> yeah, so good to notice, right? The reason that we like thinking, the reason we like fantasy and daydream and reminiscing is it's pleasant, right? So this, this thing I was trying to point to, this feeling tone, pleasantness, unpleasantness, and neutral, this is the foundation of our experience. In, in the, when the Buddha laid out four foundations of mindfulness, four th- areas to focus on, one was body, one was this thing called feeling tone, which we don't even have a word for in English. Right? This quality of experience, the pleasantness or unpleasantness. And the reason why that's so important is because we're addicted to the pleasant and we're avoidant of the unpleasant. And that completely drives our lives, kind of like what we were talking about in the group yesterday. So once we see that, once we see that, that sort of compulsion, right, we see how gripped we are, we realize we're not actually choosing. We're just kind of pulled along and pushed back and pulled in here and there. With mindfulness, we get to see both what's happening, we get to see the pleasant or unpleasant quality, and we get to see how we react to it. So we get to see, I mean, understand, oh, the reason I daydream and have these movie images is because they're pleasant, and I'd much rather hang out with that than my breath, which feels kind of boring. So that's what we do in life. We, We don't like what we, we don't like the, you know, the meeting whether we're in at work, we don't like conversation we're having at home, so we check out. Right? Or we don't like driving, so we check out. The problem is we do that most of the day. So we, 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 we don't learn how to be present for things that are unpleasant or neutral. So we're always distracting ourselves. That study that I quoted the first day about the Harvard uh, research where they figured out we're basically not present 47% of the day, the, the most interesting part of the research they asked people three things over a few weeks. They did it with thousands of people and replicated it. What are you doing? Are you, are you present to what you're doing and how do you feel? Right? So the third question, well, how do you feel? The people who were present to what they were doing, even if it was a mundane chore, like doing the dishes, cleaning the house, walking the dog, if they were present, they, they uh, unanimously felt happier than if they were daydreaming. We think, day, oh, this is boring, I'll daydream, it'll make me happy. But actually, the, 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 I think both our empirical data and the research shows that actually when we can really simply be present, even tying your shoelaces from the perspective of mindful awareness and presence is actually interesting. If, if our mind writes it off as, oh, that's just boring, or oh, this walking down the hill to lunch is boring, I'm just going to think about work. Right? 
we do that all the time, right? And we, 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 lo- we miss out on life, you know? And we string that enough together and, you know, half of our day is not here, right? And we wonder why we're not so engaged or so connected or why time's flying by or I'm not in my body or... Right? So not to judge that, it's completely natural. We, of course we love pleasant. Of course we don't want to be with the unpleasant. But life is full of both and we want to learn how to be have a wise relationship so we can enjoy the pleasure while it's here and when it's unpleasant we can find some steadiness in the middle of it. That's why we train. I'll talk more about that tonight. Okay, so today, the rest of the day, really emphasize mindfulness of body. So as you're sitting, you know, sit down, really take a lot of time to feel your body, sense the ground. You can move your attention through your body as we did towards the end if you like, just to feel into different parts of the body. You can sit with a general awareness, sit with the contact experience, use the breath as an anchor if the the body is not pulling the attention. When our mind goes off, come back to the body. When you're moving, when you're standing, when you're walking, when you're, you know, be in your body. What's that like to move with presence? Um, Notice the pleasant, unpleasant feeling tone every now and then. Not, not, not. A lot, but just sometimes when you walk outside and there's sunlight on your face, feel the pleasantness, right? Or the cold wind picks up and, it's, and it's, you feel you're chilled and you feel the unpleasantness of that. You know? So a couple of other logistical things. So we'll have more groups today. So those who weren't in a group yesterday will be in groups today. If for whatever reason your name is not on, was not on a group yesterday or today, then please just come to one of the groups. And, we'll fig- and tell us that your name wasn't on. Um, Karen will be uh, having some sign-up uh, meeting slots that are posted on the board. And the, those meeting slots are for people who want to meet with Karen one-on-one. Uh, so often where it's more comfortable to talk about things one-on-one than in a group or in a large group. And just to say a little about Karen, I, I didn't really do a very good introduction of Karen. So... Um, as I mentioned, I'm running a, a meditation and nature teacher training, and Karen is part of that teacher training. And one of the important things as a teacher in training is to apprentice. And so what Karen's doing in this retreat is apprenticing, as in you know, basically shadowing me and you know, becoming more familiar with the ropes of teaching and leading groups and one-on-ones and being in the space. So um, and sh- as you can see, she's got beautiful presence and very deep practice, and I'm um, really happy that she's here. And I know that you're, I've already heard many appreciations for her presence. So I uh, just want to say that. And why, um, you know, as, as, as the retreat was listed, I was listed as, the, as, the, as the, I think, the only teacher for a while. So um, that's why there's, I'm basically giving the teachings and, and Karen here is in, is in here more of a support role. So that being said, um, enjoy your practice today and carry on. So we'll have a group, one of my groups will be starting in a couple of minutes. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.